Naked Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 285. This episode is sponsored by Ned. HelloNed.com. Yes, they are CBD. And everyone has been asking us about how we like this product. So many um, questions. So many questions. And the most recent one that I saw was, you know, why do you have to start slow? Why do you have to start slow if you don't, if it, there's no THC in it? Well, Ned went on there and answered even better than we could answer. And basically, they were just like, well, no one really knows how they're going to respond to it. So it's like best to just say, if you can tolerate the lower dose, then um, it's actually a pretty like significant jump. So if you can tolerate the lower dose, it's a little bit more cost effective. People are just like anything. People are sensitive, less sensitive or more sensitive to CBD. And if you've never tried it before, there's really no reason for you to just jump into the deep end with the super high concentration stuff because it is a little bit more expensive. And if your body, if you feel the effects of CBD with a lower concentration, then there's no need to spend money on the higher concentration. People also have asked about the difference between hemp derived and cannabis derived CBD. There are actually two like species of the hemp plant, one of which is cannabis, which is what you smoke and gets you high. And the other one is hemp, which is what, um, this TH or this CBD is derived from. And that means there's no THC in it whatsoever. Typically the cannabis derived CBD is a little bit stronger. And so if you're the type of person who's like needs like a clinical dose of CBD, like you're using it to control seizures or something, that's why you would use that type of CBD. Um, but the hemp derived is plenty strong for most people or for almost all people. And from, um, some stuff that I've read on the Ned website, you can't really overdose on it either. So you might kind of like get some weird effects if you're not used to it, but, um, you can't OD on CBD. And so, you know, just kind of keep slowly, but surely, um, increasing your dosage if you're not feeling effects of it, and then maybe go up to a higher concentration. But the, I think 300 milligrams is the lowest concentration that they offer. And it's actually pretty affordable. It is. And yeah. how like how long does it take you to go through a bottle, Joy? Oh, using God. it twice a day. I would say at least thirty days. Like I don't go through yeah. it that fast because I really I mean, I use it pretty sparingly because you don't need a lot. And right. I, I just I think people should just kind of try it out for themselves. But you can support the podcast by going to helloned.com. The discount code is GGW. Also for what it's worth, the chapstick is amazing. It tastes I- kind of like 100% love it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, the whole tube of chapstick has like, what, 25 milligrams of CBD yeah. in it. Like, I'm not convinced that no. this is actually, I'm getting any CBD from it. But because of the hemp, it's so it's moisturizing. It's so moisturizing. I use it at night before I go to bed. It's my yeah, go-to moisturizing too. bedtime yes. lip balm. It's so great. So good. It yeah. is pretty earthy tasting. Never have I ever felt more Colorado than talking about this product. Because they're from Colorado, everything in Colorado CBD right now, <laughs> except for Venice. I, I still want to reference Venice every time we go to yeah. the, everything has CBD in it. Okay. So again, support the podcast, support HelloNed, support our great sponsors. They're wonderful people. Thank you. And if you have any questions, definitely hit them up. They're wonderful and they will answer all your questions. So this week on the show, Claire and I had been wanting to do a Thanksgiving episode. We were kind of like, oh my gosh, we get to release on Thanksgiving every year. It's really fun. And what do we want to talk about this year? We want to talk about gratitude. And I was like, okay, when do we feel more thankful than when we're talking about Mom Sandy? (laughs) So we we legit asked Mom Sandy uh, yesterday if she'd come on the show. Mom Sandy, are you there? I was just taking my mute off. (laughs) (laughs) Mom Sandy's here. Hey, I have a question for you guys. What? Because you guys were talking really fast. It's H-E-L-L-O-N-E. T like dog or T like Tom? 
Do you like dog? Like the name, like Ned. Okay. Like Ned. I wanted Sanders. to make sure. I wanted to make sure that you that people got to the right place. Because you're the sponsor hey, wrangler. Sponsor wrangler. Yeah, I know. So that's why I uh, was just putting that right in there. Oh. <laughs> yes. Hello, Ned. Not hello, Net. That would be. That's like a whole different product. Um. <laughs> so Sandy, it's been so long since we had you on the podcast. Like literally years and years. Yeah. But we always talk about you and have you on social and reference you every single, pretty much every single episode. So uh, we thought it was high time to bring you back. Did you miss us? Hi, I'm back. <laughs> I've always been here. Yeah. Did you miss us though? Being on the show? I'll, always. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't see me, but I, I can see you. I which keep is forgetting that you can see us because I'm just like, hey, she can see us. She, we can't. You can see us, but we can't see you. Always good. You're you're drinking tea, and I'm drinking uh, wine out of a can. What can oh, I tell you? Awesome. <laughs> we have a lot of questions too from the listeners, and actually, they're really funny questions. So I kind of want to get to those too. But I was talking to you today because I was like, oh, it would be so good to kind of get. I, I feel like you always have an answer for something. So there was a lot of things that we wanted to touch on, and maybe start out with just some cheesy, not so cheesy gratitude because. We've all had a pretty interesting year. I think we need to take a big step back for people who maybe haven't heard like episode yeah, where 100. where have you been? Where did mom Sandy come from? She's not our real mom. People are <laughs> like, wait a minute. I thought she was Joy's mom. So a little backstory on mom Sandy. So when we first started the podcast, the very first summer, Sandy, how did you even find us like on Twitter randomly one day? Yeah, I, I was looking, I was listening to various CrossFit podcasts and, um, I'd been on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of them for a really long time and done podcasts for a really long time. Like I used to have a podcast. Yeah, you did podcasting way before podcasting was a thing. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. And so um, I put in uh, CrossFit ones and I just started going through. And in fact, I found the blog first and it and it was tied into the podcast. And I think I started on episode three. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I mean, it was pretty... Yeah, it was, it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty much right at the very beginning. But the thing that was, oh, there's my book. And there, uh, the funny part about it though was that um, I had then a large listenership compared to yours, now small. But I was constant. I was tweeting out constantly and saying, "Oh my God, you should check out these these gals. This is really fun. They're really cute. This is a great podcast. Whatever." And of course, from your side, it was more like, who the heck is this woman? Somebody is automatically stalking us, but we do not know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly how we felt. A, because yeah, we, we thought like, our mom was like the only one that? listening. And then that's why you became our CrossFit, CrossFit mom. And then I think I think then, uh, because within certainly soon, you guys were doing the Barbells for Boobs thing. And then Claire was going out. This was the year of the games with uh, Christmas Abbott and changing the NASCAR tires. And um, it was just so funny because I think also you were saying, oh, would people support me, whatever. And I just said, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then I guess you were surprised that I did that. <laughs> well, it was just like you just donated out of the blue and you donated some like some awesome amount, like $250. And we're just trying to you know make a dollar here and there for our fundraiser. And we're like, who is this woman in San Francisco donating money to us who is this lady and we at first we were a little scared um <laughs> as you should be but then we were like okay you're amazing and of course mom sandy's forever in our lives so that is how 
that relationship started. I will say too, if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, I hope you, you know, pull up a chair, grab some more food, maybe have some more wine if you drink, <laughs> because this conversation is probably going to be all over the place. So if you don't like linear, <laughs> if you like linear conversations, well, A, when, why do you listen to our podcast? But this is going to be real all over the map. I'm just warning you now, if that doesn't bother you, go have some more food and just deal with it because it's a good conversation. So I think I went from being your stalker to being your savior when you got a letter from uh, CrossFit HQ and you wrote me and said, so this doesn't really mean anything. And of course it really did mean something. And so we were so, yeah, we were so just kind of like new to the game that we're like, this isn't really a big deal. And you're like, actually, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you can't call yourselves a CrossFit podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So um I think what we want to talk about too, so going back to gratitude and just take taking a moment on that, but you've had a pretty tough year and I asked if you were okay talking about this. So um do you want to just kind of talk about what's been going on with you in the past year, especially with H's health? Yeah, so in May, um we discovered that my husband had um bladder cancer and um he had to go through chemo, um, where he went on Mondays from nine to five. And then, uh, afterwards, and very interestingly, we were very lucky in that there's a place nearby us called the Pine Street Clinic that, uh, this guy, Dr. Michael, uh, has been doing cancer related stuff for 30 or 40 years. And we went to see him and he said, well, look, there's a protocol and what you need to do is you need to um, fast on the day before chemo and day day of chemo. And then you need to go strictly no carb for the next three days. And then for the next two days, you need to be strictly paleo. And there's been all sorts of research that shows that this is that it uh, kills twice as much cancer and half as much of your own cells because uh, your body, when you fast, thinks that you are in uh, winter, and so it stops. It stops um, uh, making. It stops splitting the cells. The cells stop splitting, but cancer is stupid, and so it it kind of speeds up at that time. And so the whole idea is chemo kills any cell that's splitting at the time. So what that means is you kill way fewer of your own personal cells, and then you kill way more cancer. And he gave us all sorts of medical research on the subject and, you know, whatever. And there you are in chemo with everybody eating Rocky Road ice cream and Oreos and he's drinking water. But um, he had very low odds. And um, once he got his surgery, that was his own story. Uh, And it turned out that um, now they said, there was maybe an 8% chance that he would be cancer-free and he's cancer-free. And so they really believe that, um, 8% whatever, yeah, sort of quote unquote, whatever we did was, uh, they just couldn't believe that it had worked out. Also, he only had a very, very small chance that cause they took out his bladder and his prostate and muscles and lymph and, uh, all sorts of things sort of zipped him from stem to stern or up to down. And um, they said there was really no chance that he would be able to have a bladder that would be made on the inside. So he'd have bags all his life. The funny thing was, was that uh, when we went into surgery, uh, they had him written down for uh, having the less radical surgery, but that means he'd have bags. And so I went into mama bear, mom Sandy mode and basically said, 
no way I want to make sure that it's written down that he's going to have the whole full surgery that's going to take, you know, all these various things. And the poor little nurse was like, um, like Brandon, you know, it's like, oh, dear, <laughs> you know, here's this woman getting up in my face. And finally, what I said is I said, can you just please tell me if the surgical suite is booked for the full 11 hours or is it only f- booked four or five hours? And so he went back and he said, well, it's booked for the full time. And um, I was home and the nurse called me and she said, and my, um, our urologist looks exactly like Stanley Tucci. Like he gets stopped on the road. He looks so much like Stanley Tucci. So I call him Dr. Stanley Tucci. And um, the nurse called me at home and she said, Dr. Stanley Tucci never sends me out from surgery, but she, he just sent me out to say, you know, that 2% possible chance that you could get the neobladder. He's putting it in right now because there's absolutely no cancer in the in in the um, the muscular area that can support this. So I don't know. I put it down. You know, we talk about eating and we talk about various things. But when the rubber meets the road, there's really uh, medical uh, ties to food and what you eat. And this, I think, really was a very dramatic way to see that it can really affect things. And then. I mean, now we're just, we're, we're sort of dealing with him healing from that. But then, uh, then last week I found out that my favorite aunt was really sick. We were trying to get out to her and she passed away. And then, uh, I'm responsible for Thanksgiving and have been for the Thanksgiving meal and have been for the past, past number of years. And, um, our double oven died and there's no way to replace it. Yeah. And, so and you now- have an amazing double oven and you have an amazing <laughs> kitchen. You have an amazing Not house. Anymore. And, um, <laughs> Claire and I, whenever we go come visit you, just kind of hang out in your kitchen and while you cook and we talk and just the thought of your oven not working, I'm like, what? It's like the motor's no, so not I, there. I, the motor I of your whole that. car isn't there. I took that. I had, because Herbert can't lift more than 20 pounds, I had to take the full double oven out, down all the stairs. <gasps> how, the did you, how did you so, do that? And then to the dump, and then which was kind of satisfying, dumping this huge giant double oven into, into the dump. But now we don't have an oven, and probably won't for a couple of years now. So that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> so that's that's my story. Why and can't you get it replaced? Because uh, the oven came with a house like back in the eighties, oh and it's. I mean, I'm making this up, but it's like 23 inches across. And you, and you guys have been in my house. You know how it's in that wall? There's yep. no way to break it out. Yeah, and get it's like our fridge. We're going to have to break our fridge kitchen. out of our kitchen because whoever, like the custom builder who built our house, built the fridge like into this weird contraption. Yep. So we're always yep. like, please, fridge, don't die. <laughs> so we yep. have to and just redo our whole kitchen. <laughs> and that's the thing is we 100% to get like an actual oven that's the right size, it's two inches like I have to use smaller um pans and stuff like that which I have obviously but if we're gonna if we're gonna remodel the kitchen in two years I don't want to have this tiny you know double oven so yeah we went I've been doing everything on the Traeger and which is the smoker grill I've learned how to get my cast iron stuff and my special chicken and everything out on the smoker grill and then we just bought a um like a small convection toaster oven type thing. So my mom's going to host Thanksgiving, but I'm still responsible for all the food. <laughs> so what are your, uh, let me back up. What is your um, tradition on Thanksgiving? Like what does your family do for gratitude? My dad, I well, as you probably know, I say grace over every meal. It's yes. really important to me. 
And it's Can you pretty non denominational. Say what you say. I love what you say. <laughs> I just I just thank everybody there and friends and I thank the farmers and I thank the, the growers and um, just thank the greatest sort of for what's on our plate, but especially the fa- farmers and the growers and the vintners and everybody that's made this meal for us um, because I think it's really important. And so that's our biggest, I think, thankfulness thing on Thanksgiving is actually, I kind of learned that from my dad and whenever we have a meal that my dad's there, um, he's the one that says, you know, grace over the meal and stuff. So that's our biggest, I think, thankfulness thing. We don't do a lot of stuff like um, a lot of people that we know will go and work at the, um, you know, at the homeless shelter and, and stuff like that. But um, I had had some charities as my clients. And the thing that's really interesting is that that's the last day they need people because everybody wants to do it, like, you know, going to church on Easter or going to right. temple on Rosh Hashanah um, when they really want you is like May. Right. <laughs> And so that's what we'll tend to do is we'll we'll do something like that, but at a different time. Um, and then uh, we always invite um, we always invite quote unquote a couple of orphans. So it's just my mom and dad and my husband and I. But then we always have a couple of people that don't have anywhere to go. So <laughs> what I are you guys gonna do? I, I have to make sweet potatoes with marshmallows for my dad mm. and Brandon smoking a turkey because he loves smoking <laughs> things. <laughs> That was not a drug reference. Brandon does not do drugs. <laughs> uh, he loves smoking meat. He loves using the smoker. So he's smoking a turkey. And we're going to go to my dad's house. We, we have we'll like. The, well, I'll be doing the turkey in the in the Traeger. So it'll be like it'll apple be texting. smoked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think this time we're doing. Uh, yeah, I've got like salad. And then I'm doing like a cauliflower gratin with. I can't remember. It's like. And then. With pomegranates, I want to say. No, it's with tomato and then Brussels sprouts with pomegranates and walnuts and two different gluten-free pies and one non-gluten-free pie and spiced onions and some other things. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to do this with a microwave, a Traeger, and a um, – when I say Traeger, I mean like a grill that has sort of a smoker capacity and this new little convection thing that sits on our counter. <laughs> and and my actually who's who's been so funny about it she has three ovens and I was over there the other day and I and I teased and said well I have no oven what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving and they said oh we just hunker down I said I may be over to use all three of your ovens she said absolutely come on over so if I get stuck I get to go over to my neighbor's house (laughs) I want to ask one quick question too and then we can move on from this but I so the past year when you've been going through all of this too for the listeners I mean this is probably like the two second version from Sandy's you know how how you just told it of what happened um, there's so much more to it and I've been lucky enough to be your friend and be on this kind of group Journey. chat well the group chat we call it isn't it's called your health group chat in in Facebook we have like a messenger Facebook chat. And so that's kind of where Sandy keeps all the updates with everyone. And it's just so cool because everyone kind of rallies around and it kind of got me thinking too about support and what support looks like for everyone. When you're going through a hard time, everyone handles it differently. But I think the thing that's probably the most helpful when people are going through tough times is to just do instead of ask. I just want to know what was the most helpful for you um, or continues to be the most helpful for you when you're going through this every day? Well, that's actually a really good question. I think, um, and you can go back to episode uh, XYZ and listen about introverts and extroverts. But um, one thing that I've certainly found as a 
social introvert is that I need a lot of time to just have downtime. And that means I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts because that's sort of an, that to me is like, oh, I'm in the conversation. I've been doing things like reading books and stuff. And that's been very nurturing for me. And, um, and also saying to people, um, I really appreciate that you want to do, you know, X, Y, Z, but I'm, I'm really good. And I think that's, that's a tough thing is that a lot of people don't realize that um, if you're dealing with somebody who generally is an introvert, they need like, it's so much information that's coming all the time at me that I just feel like I have to just look at the stars and just like, not even, I can't even all the things that I normally do, like listening to podcasts and, and uh, you know, listening to audible books and stuff like that. I can't do any of it. So just having like pure quiet time has been helpful. One of the greatest things was when you guys sent me um, breakfast and, and I know that um, uh, I know from now the backstory, Claire had sent it. And for those of you who know Claire, you know, she's sort of Irish looking. She's got like very white skin and whatever. And uh, she sent it through Uber eats and um, that, so she looked for a place that was as close as she could get to send me some like breakfast burritos, which are my passion. And um, where she got it from is our, it's called the canal and it is our barrio. Like Claire walking into that place just makes me laugh to even think about it. Like it could never have happened. Uh, and so this, and so all I got was I got a text from you guys saying, uh, open the door. You don't owe you don't owe any money. Just open the door when the guy shows up. So this guy shows up. This really large, tattooed guy. He has the food, and I happen to have an eighty pound uh, Staffordshire Terrier, which is a pit bull with a big head. And so this guy shows up with the food, and I open the door, and then my dog, who's all about snuggling and whatever, just about he he like goes to run out the door. This guy is so scared that. He's like holding the food in front of his crotch. And then of course the dog is like trying to smell the, the, the food. The guy is turning paler and paler, trying to like run himself off my porch. And, I, and I'm starting to say, don't worry, he won't do anything. I'm thinking, I don't know this guy from a hole in my head. So I'm like, uh, he won't attack you unless I tell him to. <laughs> it's just such a lie. But that was that was one of the best moments, honestly, was when like just breakfast showed up and you guys knew I was home and it was just a really bad time. It was right at the very beginning of the whole thing. And I had a client who like gave me a $200 munchery card. I had various things like that happen and it was wonderful. So again, sort of very different than what you anticipate. And I think if somebody was an extrovert, it would be like, oh, I want to take me out to the movies or do something, you know, fun. Whereas with me, I'm finding that I need to do things to just sort of recharge. But those sorts of things where somebody is doing things that they know me well enough that they know that it's going to be well received has been fantastic. And I would certainly recommend that to anybody who is trying to think of how to deal with somebody who's going through an issue is, is first of all, is that person an introvert or an extrovert? And if they're an extrovert, take them out for a beer. And if they're an introvert, uh, find some way to, to make them know that you love them that helps them out. 
And that was really a big deal for me. So that was that was one of my favorite things that actually happened was also the idea of Claire walking into the bar and just ordering those breakfast burritos just made me laugh for the rest of the week. <laughs> right. Little did you know, I, I ordered that from my phone in the Highlands, but yeah. Oh no, that's the best part. You I know. know. That's the best part. I would never have, right. No, I had no idea. So for the people who do want to go back and listen, that it's episodes 101 and 104. So forever ago, forever uh, when ago. Sandy was on, but they're such good episodes. And they're the thing that I love about she them. She was also th- on our episode 200. Yes. That's right. But for the people who have not listened to 101 and 104, Sandy's, Sandy wears about a thousand hats. I don't even want to call them hats. You live like a thousand lives. You've lived a thousand lives. And like simultaneously though. And one of the things that you know a lot about and have specialized in and even have a degree in, right, is like sex psychology. Yep. Those episodes have a lot to do with the psychology of between like romantic partners around introvert and extrovert and alpha and omega or non-alpha and how to communicate within those relationships. So it's super fascinating. Go back and listen. You will learn so much about yourself and your partner, like unbelievable amounts. Yeah. And you'll be like, Oh my gosh, this is why my husband hides from me when he gets home from work every day. It's not because he hates me. <laughs> oh yeah. I have to talk to Sandy about that all the time. Cause it's like, yeah. okay, this is what's going on. <laughs> I'm hiding. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. And Sandy's a lawyer, which is why we always joke that she's like, you know, she wrangled the CrossFit van and now she's like best friends with the guy. Yeah, literally. Got the jet, so, got the jet to come. <laughs> okay. Somebody asked a question about that actually, which I definitely want to get to, but I also want to take a step back, going to go back a little bit because I know we're going to get a lot of follow-up questions for people who have dealt with cancer in their lives or are dealing with it um, about the Pine Street clinic. So if people are curious and I know it's like a crazy amount of information and it's very specific and specialized. So I don't expect you to go into it anymore now, but where can people get started if they're interested in learning more about the protocol that H was on during his chemo that was so successful for you guys? Um, the, the Pine Street clinic, I think in all honesty is pinestreetclinic.com. It's Dr. Michael Broffman. And, um, this guy is, it's kind of funny. You walk into his, you walk into his office, and it's floor to ceiling Chinese books. And so you're totally expecting, because he's also an acupuncturist, and you're totally expecting this like Chinese guy to walk in, whatever. And he is this like New York Jewish guy with like balding with a with a ponytail. But when after you walk into his the clinic, you, the clinic has other acupuncturists, whatever. But you walk into his actual place where he's gonna see you, and so you walk in the door, and there's all these books, blah blah blah. And you turn around and off your right shoulder is Lance Armstrong's yellow jersey written, Dear Dr. Michael, thank you for curing my testicular cancer. Like in this big like frame. You would imagine any other doctor would have that in the waiting room. This is in this like around the corner of your shoulder, which you might, well, you couldn't miss it because it's pretty big. But it's, it's he's the coolest guy. And the protocol... He he has been doing cancer-related stuff for, I think it's 30 or 40 years. He goes, he's part of the International um, Cancer Society. In fact, he had just come back from a, um, he had just come back from the International Cancer Society when Herbert saw him. I cannot even explain how lucky we are. It happens to be the town right next to us, but he has clients worldwide. And even more important is he has a Rolodex of all the oncologists he's dealt with. And so he looks up your oncologist and he said, oh, okay, your oncologist is 
a younger guy, and this is totally true. The girls have heard me say this. He looks like Bill and Ted's excellent oncologist. I mean, he's got that hair where he's like putting his hand through I think through you have whatever. nicknames for every doctor that you've interacted with. You know, yeah. only because I think it's like Who's if Aquaviva? I said Aquaviva? whatever, like, yeah, Aquaviva, which is very funny. That's because, of course, it means life water. That's our oncologist name, but that's Dr. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> and... Uh, Aquaviva is his real name, actually. Uh, but but with our oncologist, he pulls out this thing and he said, okay, he's young, but he's from this family that's very well-known, sort of earthy, crunchy family in this earth, crunchy town by us, but he wants to be treated as a scientist. So if you are dealing with him, you want to call him Dr. So-and-so. You do not want to call him Dr. Dan because he really resents that, but he's not going to tell you that. Here are the various herbs that he has approved over time. Here are the herbs you cannot tell him that you're on. That's like, don't ask, don't tell. Here are the things that have worked. And the most amazing thing was, um, you know, our oncologist and our urologist said, oh, well, of this, you know, T2A, 3A, R, whatever, I mean, uh, type of cancer, he's like, well, we've only seen like four or five of these or whatever. Dr. Brofman or Dr. Michael said, well, in my practice, I've had like, I can't even remember the number, but it was something ridiculous. It was like 160 of these in the last X amount. And this is what the chemo does. And this is the chemo you're going to be put on. And um, there is a, uh, there's actually on YouTube, a video that's called the science of fasting. And the beginning of it, it's, it's maybe about, it's a documentary. It's I maybe think it's a, on Netflix too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's maybe like 40 minutes long. It's not that long. But if you fast forward until you get to the part where they're in America, because they start in Russia and then they go to various things, there's a doctor there that um, he's the one that actually did the study. He's an MD, and he's the one that did the study um, on uh, fasting during chemo uh, during chemotherapy. And it's, it's really quite amazing. Um, he had done it with mice. And you see the mice that had been allowed to eat whatever they wanted and they got the dose of chemotherapy and they're just like laid out sick. They can't even get up. And um, the mice that had done the fasting and then fasting during chemo, they're like running around eating the whole thing. And it's because um, he wanted to prove that um, when you do chemotherapy, it kills your uh, it kills anything, any um, cell that's splitting. And so his theory was well, let's fast because that tells your body after you fasted for a certain period of time, it tells your body that it's winter. And so your body stops splitting so much. And that was the big deal. That's why you lose your hair. That's why you get mouth sores. That's why you get all these various issues is because those are the cells that split um, all the time. But the interesting thing is cancer is stupid and it opens up even more. So he did this with mice and 100% proved that you killed way fewer of your own cells and way more of the cancer cells. And that's what Dr. Michael Broffin showed us in this Science of Fasting video. There was a judge down in LA where um, this doctor was doing the study and uh, she's like, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I know you haven't had uh, human studies, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. It's not that hard. And interestingly, when the three of us were down um, talking to Greg at his house, he a hundred percent knew all the studies. He's like, Oh, have you, have you talked to blah, 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 blah. Are you and talking about Greg Glassman? That, yeah. Greg Glassman. And he was, we were talking about the cancer and he had said, um, have you, 
have you talked to this person, that person? And I'm like, yeah, those are the people that, that we're talking about. We're doing those exact protocols. And he said, that's really important because that's what he had read as well. And it's, so you're, you're doing just a water fast for the day before chemo, the day of chemo, and then the two days after when the chemo has to get out of your body, which it's, it's toxic and you have all these dead cells, you have to not have any carbohydrates because that's what cancer eats. And a cancer turns into the Incredible Hulk uh, by insulin. And so you you can have as much fat and as much protein as you want. So we were doing a lot of bone broth and you know stuff like that. But that's the main thing is to get that poison out. And then you have a rebuild protocol. And that was the thing that was so amazing was it's only hard because uh, Western medicine, you walk into that chemo ward and there's Rocky Road ice cream and there's granola bars and there's, they is just that the want truth? everybody. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And they just want people to feel good and everybody's there so, eating, you know, what they, what they want to eat. And that's what cancer eats. And I want to be very careful because I, we talk a lot of, I don't ever want to come across like we're preaching one way. I am not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because we get a lot of emails, which I really appreciate when doctors email us and they're like, sure. make sure you're talking about the whole story. So I just want to make sure just a little, you know, side note that this is what is working for Sandy and her family. Right. And it's, and it's also what was written up by the doctor that's doing these protocols in uh, in LA. And there's there's a book called The Emperor of All Maladies, which is a wonderful actual audio book. But I mean, you can get the book, but it's like 900,000 pages. And it talks about the history of cancer. And I think that's one of the best books that I ever have read, because he treats cancer like sort of a live thing. He tells sort of the biography of cancer. This is this is a, a doctor who is an oncologist, and it's one of the most interesting books that I've ever read as well. Um, again, it's called The Emperor of All Maladies, and I wish I could pronounce the guy's name. He's an American, but it's like he's Indian, and so it's like okay. Siddhartha Mukherjee or something like that. And that book is, I think, one of the best books that you can have if you're like me and you like to have info. I mean, that to me, I think was very, very important was to really understand, you know, all cancer is not the same and stuff like that. Because we could talk another two hours about that. I want to take a little bit of time really quick. I want Claire to talk about what you do on Thanksgiving and things of gratitude. I'll do mine really quick. And then we have some really, really, really good listener questions for you. Yay! What do I do on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. I just eat a lot. We don't really have well, your birthday's but, like, on any... your but birthday's right after Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, my birthday's always right around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is really early this year. Really November first was a Thursday, and yeah. so this is the earliest Thanksgiving ever is, because um, it's always a third Thursday for people who and this people like the person I'm married to who's always like, wait, which day is Thanksgiving again? I'm like, it changes. <laughs> I know it's confusing, um, <laughs> but I yeah, but actually, fun fact: the year I was born, I was born on Thanksgiving. Oh. Um, so my, my birthday floats around Thanksgiving and, and like, because of leap years, it's on Thanksgiving, like every five and then seven years, something like that. Anyway, but yeah, we don't really have any like big traditions. I think also because growing up, my parents were divorced. We would switch back and forth. Like we'd alternate years, which parent we were at Thanksgiving, which parent we were with Christmas. And so we didn't ever really establish like crazy traditions. It's just a very straightforward, you know, eat a big meal. I love pumpkin pie. So I eat a lot of pumpkin pie. I Your love neighbor gravy. brought you pumpkin empanadas <gasps> lately, oh recently, gosh. and I'm real jealous of that. No. We have the best neighbors. They are 
so wonderful and they love baking and it's all this like very traditional Mexican baked goods. So a couple of weeks ago they brought over Mexican wedding cookies and I was like, Oh my like bizcochos and I was like, Oh my gosh, these are so amazing. Can I please have the recipe? She gave me the recipe and it called for a pound of lard. And so I was like, <laughs> All right, ignorance is bliss. I'm gonna stop asking for the recipe. <laughs> I was like, What? It explains a lot. They were so good. <laughs> so she brought over a some, pound of um, lard. Yeah. One pound of lard. I was like, where do you even buy that? Um, That's and amazing. It, it, so, and you know, it was, it's not like grass fed tallow. Like, what do we think of lard? No, no, no. This stuff is like from a jar. Um, and yeah, so she brought over pumpkin pie empanadas, and oh my gosh, they were so good. Um, yeah, so you know, do you my, ever like, we, think we, about starting a new tradition, like for your family only? I think when we have older children, we will. One tradition that Brandon and I really want to get into is skiing. Um, like on more so like Christmas Day because Thanksgiving is still a little hit or miss usually on the mountain in the mountains. But yeah, something physical will be fun like hiking every you know hiking or skiing. But I don't know. I mean like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like and also it's nice because I mean like there are certain dishes that we have every year. Like yeah. my dad, I know you talk about this every year. My dad has to have yes the sweet potatoes with the gravy pinata. No, and it has to be the, like. <laughs> It can't be the mini marshmallows. It can't be the jumbo marshmallows. It has to just be like the average marshmallows. Can you take a picture of it this year and post it oh. on our Facebook page? Yes. Okay. Like this oh, yeah. Uh, with John Hay eating. Charge. If you can't, if you can get like a like, stealth. Yeah, a sweater vest. Yeah. I will. I mean, would he pose for one with his mush- oh, yeah. marshmallows? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Um, and his sweater vest. <laughs> yes. He will be wearing a sweater vest. There's a 100% chance. <laughs> actually 99 because like there's also a chance he'll just have a full sweater on okay but okay okay whatever his top layer is it will definitely be made of sweater material from brooks brothers okay great my dad's <laughs> real my dad's real into layers right now i think he had three layers of t-shirts on the other day t-shirts i love him mm-hmm. um <laughs> and then i i don't know this year has been cra- in terms of like gratitude that the other thing too is since right around this time of year it's my birthday there's a lot of reflection that kind of happens for me sure um, so it's not just Thanksgiving. I'm also like reflecting on the whole last year of my life. And a lot has happened. Like that might be its own episode. Sure. Next week after my birthday. Great. About yeah. like, all the crap that's happened this year. Because like this time last year, old. I was in my job still miserable. Right. Yep. Right. I w- did not know that I was about to have go through three miscarriages. Uh, Brandon was still full-fledged at nursing school. We had no idea what the year was going to look like for him. So many things have changed. Yeah, it's a lot. So you have a lot so, to reflect on. Yeah, a lot to reflect on. We'll we'll come back. Okay, <laughs> great. A year is always longer than you think, though. When it you start is. looking back, you're like, my God, that was only a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, this has just been my life too since I was like 18. Like every single year, I'm like, next year is going to slow down. <laughs> nope, right. it hasn't done it yet. <laughs> Apparently, this is just me. Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. I don't have much add to add other than I try not to get pressured into like making holidays perfect because I get mm. I, I totally fall into that where I see all the things at the stores and I see all the decorations and I just get really overwhelmed where I'm like, I need to make all the cookies. I need to do all the Christmas cards. I need to do. <laughs> and then I get really overwhelmed. So that's that's kind of what I'm like. Keep the focus on the reason for the season. Like, don't get too caught up in all that. So that's my goal. I definitely have already started decorating for Christmas. We yeah. Our Christmas tree is up. We have a garland with lights in it on our little mantle. And I'm not 
I don't, I'm not sorry at all. Yeah. I, we just we got a new tree. I'm really excited to get it in the mail because we, yeah, uh, we got a new we tree. We upgraded. Yeah. We yeah. upgraded our tree too. And I, I love, love live Christmas trees. I love them, but it's just not realistic with a three year old. No. And so we got a fake one and it was, you know, it was sitting there in the box and Miles was like, can we put up the Christmas tree? And I was like, I'm not going to say no. Why would you say no? Why would you say no? And the also, earlier, we traditionally better. are not, our accidental tradition is, Every year we end up leaving the Christmas tree up until like at least Valentine's Day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got <laughs> a good three it. months. You have a good good three months. Not to mention, like that's right around the time that I'm I was due. gonna say so, like yeah. there's a chance it, Leave might, it, it up could for be the up baby. next year. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna stay up. We're just gonna redecorate it. We're gonna put like flags in it for totally in the summer. Totally fine. Totally yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm starting a thing. I think that's just great. The, the decor tree. <laughs> as far as gratitude goes, I think we can all say that we're pretty lucky. And Listeners, thank you. We're grateful for you. All right, moving on to questions. Sandy, you ready? I'm ready. We have some really good ones. We're going to have to kind of rapid fire. The one that I love the most is the Mean Girls reference where someone says, are you a regular mom or a cool mom? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can be both. (laughs) Yeah. Jana wants to know, how has GGW changed your life? Which I kind of laugh because I'm like, have we changed your life, Sandy? <laughs> yeah, you've only changed me life, my life because I, you know, now I have these girls that I really like that I have to keep out of trouble instead of, you know, just my normal clients. <laughs> Do we cause you that much trouble? Okay, that was to, for a follow up question. Someone said, if you would have to pay licenses for one song because Joy sang it, which one should it be? Oh, boy. <laughs> Something uh, for rent. That would be my 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 vote no uh i would i would have had you sing the whitney houston after the um oh, the bob harper bob. Oh i gosh. almost did i really I, good call sandy because yeah. i actually went down the rabbit hole of trying to get the license for you to be able to do that yeah and once it reached uh three hundred fifty thousand dollars, i just decided i would quit <laughs> so yeah, I'm not even going to get into the rabbit hole of why no, it's... Okay, anyway, yeah. uh-huh. No, it's totally fine. So, okay, Whitney Houston, fair. I would absolutely think that that's a great answer and that I would sing that. I would sound horrible, but I would sing that. Yeah, Alex wants to know advice for... Okay, this is kind of a loaded question, but let's try to do a real quick rapid fire. Advice for women in mid to late 20s balancing work, dating, and family. I have a book about that. <laughs> she sure does. And it's called Fempowerment. A Guide to Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl. Which Where can you get that, Sandy? Amazon? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's it's a little old. It's from 2007. Um, but it's a good it's little got, Bible, though. I love it. Yeah, it's like a little Bible. I mean, it goes from everything. It starts with cleaning your, cleaning your house and cleaning out your life to um, things to do or not to do uh, at the office to sex tricks to tricks with kids and finances. So... It, and then it has a workbook that uh, my publisher made me come out with in 2010. So I know that's kind of a cheesy uh, self-promoting uh, thing, but um, and someday I will update the book. No, I but think it's I don't... honestly it really is not a bad book, and it came out of my coaching business. Uh, my coaching clients uh, asked me to do the book, and um, I had started with the podcast, and then that uh, sort of went into the book, and it really does give a lot of tips. Stacy asks, how do I find a job that I love so I never have to work a day in my life? My view, can I just insert my view real quick? I'm not 100% sure that like that is a one answer question because I don't feel 
always that you have to have that 100% passion be your job. I think it's okay to have your job be something that you're like, I'm challenged in a different way, and then your passion be completely free of ties. So I don't think I don't I think it depends on the person because I'm not one of those people that needs my passion to be my job. If that makes sense. Like I like what I do. I love what I do. But I'm not like you have to have the passion be your job and you don't work a day in your life. I'm like, no, because then that's your job. And you're never going to get out of the cycle of having job be your job. Like you're always going to have to deal with shit in your job. <laughs> no matter what it I, is. I agree with you. I think that I think the thing is though too is that again, I I really talked about this a lot in the book in the finance section and I can't tell you how many people I know and especially people that went through trauma like 9-11 or whatever that decided oh my gosh I'm going to quit what I'm doing and I'm going to go and um, do what I'm passionate about and the problem is that then uh, you know Robert Kiyosaki defines the definition of wealth is how long you could live your life as it is um, in time before your money runs out. And so the problem is a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I, I now want to do my passion, which is photography or whatever, but they haven't actually done that for money. And so they don't understand how to turn that into a business. And so an example would be you're a CPA right now and you absolutely love kids and are thinking about being a teacher. Well, why don't you be the CPA for your PTA or, um, you know, that sort of thing. You need to sort of make sure that you're making, uh, that you understand where your money's coming from. I mean, if you have uh, infinite wealth, then go ahead, you know, try to turn your passion into what you're making money from. But there's, there's really a, a way to do that. I think the thing is, too, is that a lot of people Uh, from high school, go from high school into college into maybe getting a master's or whatever, and suddenly they've got tons of debt, and they don't really understand why they did that. And they're saying, you know, would you like fries with that? And so I, um, I have another book, which is written for high schoolers that talks about passive income and how, you know, you can get a passive income stream coming in and then do your passion because your passion, like you just said, may not be tied to making money. But if you do something that you have a passive income stream coming off of, then you can do your passion and not have to make money to it. I think people are often trying to tie their passion to money. And that is often an issue. That's such a great and point. So, you know, that's that's the thing is that if your passion is um, is X, that doesn't mean you need to make money out of it. In fact, probably that can turn your passion into um, something that now you hate because you're trying to make money off of something instead of really enjoying it. Exactly. And I think that's the point I'm getting at. But but I think a lot of people don't um, don't think about, you know, Robert Kiyosaki really talks about being an employee or self-employed or having a business or having investments and a lot of people don't realize, you know, you if you're if you're just working work having your own business and doing all the work that's tied to that business but when you go to sleep no more money is coming in that's being self-employed regardless of how big the quote-unquote business is business actually means that you have income that comes in while you're sleeping and um having that sort of a business in your life or figuring out a way to have a passive income stream i think is something that everybody needs to really understand and um and work with that's something that we talk about a lot with girls and a lot even not with passive income unfortunately but i mean kind of kind but, of uh, the 
piece about like, you know, this is, this podcast was not ever meant to be income generating. And if we were to turn around and say, okay, this is our job now, would it still be our passion? Like, would it completely change it to the point that it would not be what it is, you know, the, the sort of like creative outlet that it is for us, because we'd always just be worried about like, okay, where's our next meal coming from? How do you feel about being called Mom Sandy? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. It, it makes me laugh though too because I I do imagine that some people actually think that I'm one of the two of yours moms. Yeah. And it, it where it really came from, if you think about it, is um, it was just I always try to to really protect you guys, but in a way that doesn't seem um, full of you know, claws and fangs. And so I think that I take it as a big compliment because I feel like, you know, sort of Claire with Miles or whatever, it's like you're trying to let your kid um, do what it wants to do, but not fall off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. You've right. Definitely and you're always like, okay, like, you know, think you guys can make way. whatever choice you want, but here's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mom. Thanks. Got it. <laughs> Just in case yeah. you wanted my opinion. Did you ever see GGW getting to the point where you'd end up on a plane to see Greg Glassman for yes. all three? The questions for all three of us. Yeah, I did. You did? But th- but that's only because when Greg called me that very first time, when I called Greg Glassman actually uh, after the games because he had put a random comment and I was answering all the random comments on your blog and I basically said to him. Um, so who's this? Because I figured it was a joke. And he's like, well, who's this? You're calling me. And there he is sitting at the games. After that, and um, sort of having some relationships with him, I actually knew that absolutely 100% I could see him, you know, sending to Jed and doing those sorts of things. Because he's a regular guy. He has a lot of money. Um, but he's definitely a regular guy. And he likes you guys. And he likes me. And so I really did see that happening I don't know if you guys did but I did see it happening I don't think I saw it I mean I thought I know he likes us I just never thought it would get to that point (laughs) to be like come on over come into my house that (laughs) was that was probably one of the face was the best face was it was your guys's face me trying to find you at the freaking camp that was probably like my favorite moment and that that was one of the funniest experiences I have ever had because I'm Instagramming anybody who was oh, putting hashtag camp time out. I'm like stalking everyone. Them. Yeah. Them. yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to be cool with Greg Glassman going, yeah, totally. And he's like, don't they have a satellite phone up there? <laughs> I mean, it was insane. I will never forget that because I saw your message when I checked the messages in the kitchen at camp Timeout. It was like the only place where you could get Wi-Fi. And I grabbed Claire. I was like, you need to come over here right now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was surreal. That was such a fun day. It was such a fun day. It was such a fun day. What do you admire? I like this question, but you really don't have to answer it about us. This is what do you admire the most about Joy and Claire? <laughs> I think that you guys have done the podcast every week and twice a week, sometimes for as long as you have. I mean, um, I think that that's, I think that's very admirable. Um, I certainly know from when I did the podcast, of course, I was doing it by myself, but I just petered out after a while. And I think that that's, I think that's great. And I think it stayed fresh. And um, I really, I really think that that is um, 
a lot more than people give credit for. You know, I, I, I think that is a big, big, big deal. Um, I also really love that you listen to what I say. <laughs> we really do. We really do. We know yeah. you know what you're talking about. And we wouldn't still be here trucking along if we didn't listen. Yeah. That's the truth. That's the gosh darn truth. But I will say, I mean, to be honest, we're, we are the longest running Don't Call It a CrossFit podcast. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Everyone else has taken breaks and then come back. Yeah. I agree. Just saying, guys. And, just, and that's just what saying. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying. You should be listening to us. Not listening to those guys. No. <laughs> joking, but not joking. Oh. All right. Do you have a couple more? Um, quick ones? No. I think that's kind of, well, I mean, we could get into marriage hacks. I just feel like that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, my gosh. Um, Can we get, and, and I feel like your marriage hacks must be like very different in this period. Exactly. <laughs> They're pretty much the same. What about like holiday hacks? Uh, I think Sandy, what is, what are some of your introvert holiday hacks? I, I, you know, it sounds it sounds crazy because as an introvert, I think a lot of times you just want to be curled up in your bed. But part part of the thing is to remember that no matter what you do, the holiday's still going to come. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so don't, yes, don't try to act like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Do not do that which I have done for the last 50 years of my life, um, you know, buy some presents early, you know, just, just take it as it goes. I know that sounds crazy, but there's a lot of energy that ties around the holidays. And also remember the things that really do give you joy and perhaps gave you joy as a kid, um, whether it is watching the, the Grinch or it's, um, you know, making sugar cookies in uh, in Christmas tree form or whatever that thing is. I think that's, to me, the hardest part about holidays is always that there's so much, it's just what Joy said, there's so much uh, energy and anticipation that's, um, sur- that surrounds the holidays that um, as an introvert, there's a lot of energy that is out there and it's manic. And so to me, Part of it is in part of part of being involved in the holidays as an introvert is making sure that you really do say to your significant other or whoever, uh, yeah, we can go to that Christmas party, but um, I'm going to go for 20 minutes. And in fact, I went to a Christmas party today, you know, like that sort of thing. And um, uh, or if I like a perfect example, I went to a Christmas party that was very similar to my CCI Christmas party story with joy. And um, I just went to one I had to go to, and I went and helped take care of the kids. And oh yeah, uh, that party was where I I dragged you to like this big CCI party, and you didn't know anybody. And you're like, I am gonna have to like get some wine, and I'm gonna have to do my thing and not be nervous. (laughs) Well, and and what I did today, which was I found somebody. And I got them wine and I, they were my joy for that night. uh Like it was like, I took care of them and then went about my way. So I think that's the main thing is to remember if you're an introvert that you need to guard your energy and you also need, uh, if you're going to be doing Christmas parties is if you're going to be doing a big Thanksgiving thing, don't, um, don't obsess and get bent out of shape. Like don't set Uh, yourself up for failure too. You know, it's like, don't put all those expectations in and expect to have to have this perfect Yeah. And, and I think that's the most important part is, is be ready to laugh. 
Because if you can be ready to laugh at the crazy things like, and now my oven is completely, both ovens are kaput and, you know, whatever. And who knows? We might be having pizza in two days. That's all. That's all I have to say because who knows if this is really going to work. Yeah. But be ready for that and guard your energy. Uh, that as an introvert, I would say guard your energy. That's the most, most, most important thing because you can run yourself dry at this time of year. You know when I feel it the most. This is really silly, but I feel it the most when I'm walking through Target and oh. I see all the displays of all the beautiful, I don't know, place settings and plates. Yep. And decorations, and I'm like, should I be doing that? So I get this right. wave of, of anxiety that I don't have that at my house. And you know, Claire never does that. She has none of that. <laughs> no, it's so funny. I was literally, ju- I had just unmuted myself to say, like, sometimes I, especially in the last like couple of years, I've definitely moved, I think, a little bit from the extreme. I mean, I was a very extreme extrovert in my 20s. And I think I've moved a little bit over mostly just because my lifestyle has changed so much since having kids that now I get tired by other people a lot more quickly. But I think it has more to do with just like my physical energy is not there the way it used to be. Because I sometimes tell my uh, say to myself, like, huh, maybe I'm kind of like, moving away from the extrovert a little bit and more towards the introvert. And then I hear you guys describe this and I'm like, no, that doesn't happen to me. Right. <laughs> I get tired more quickly, like physically tired more quickly. And therefore I need to like leave. Right. But I'm never walking through Target thinking like, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure to have place settings. I'm like, right. oh, I would love that wreath. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I freak out. <laughs> well, the, the, the classic thing though, is I think that's really true is um, and, and to take it from an extrovert position, you know, extroverts get tired too. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. Mom. I don't have like unlimited capacity for small right. talk or like people or family outings or whatever. Like I still, I still have a limit. It just yeah. is a different limit than your yes. guys, you guys. And well, even like, what was it? Two weeks ago, I was in Arkansas with my family and I, texted joy and i was like hey um which episode are we re- releasing this tuesday because i'm hiding in the bathroom and i figure i might as well at least be productive <laughs> i was like see extroverts have to hide in the bathroom sometimes too mm-hmm. it's a great trick i think it could yeah. just help everyone because it solves a lot of problems yeah people it takes people a while to start wondering what you're doing in there versus if like you go anywhere else after a couple minutes like what's joy doing in the garage for sure <laughs> Like, you can get away with at least a good 10 minutes in the bathroom. Yeah, you totally yeah, do. Because they don't want to know. Exactly. Oh, my God, which makes me laugh so hard because today I had a, a meeting and I excused myself to go to the bathroom and I ran into someone, um, like a pretty big supervisor that just like wanted to talk to me for like 15 minutes. And so oh, I come back and everyone's like, are you okay? <laughs> But like everyone like knows like if you're gonna go to to the bathroom and you're gone for a while they're like is she okay just need a minute guys don't ask don't ask don't tell yeah don't ask okay Um, okay so mom anything else um, you want to update the listeners on because everyone was so excited and people have been asking to have you on but just with our scheduling it's been a long time coming so. Um, anything else you want to update us on before we call it a night? I think one of the nicest things too that I just want to say is is number one, I got postcards from people at t- Camp Time Out, and then you guys must have put out onto some list that people should send me cards, and it was so great. And I have them. It's so funny. I'm sorry that you can't see me because I turned my. my I know exactly. I know exactly where they are in your house. Yeah, because you have that right office here. and you have that like yep. wall of cards. Yeah. Yep. 
but all my other cards are down and only those cards are there. Aww. It's it's I took everything else down because they meant so much to me. So I really appreciate that. And I love that people, you know, you don't think of people that you make that much of a difference to people sometimes. And I love that people think of, especially when people think of ways that they realize that um, you will love that. And, and that was one of them. That was such a big deal to me. And I just want to thank you guys for that because they're sitting right here. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I was just thinking when you were saying that, I just thought of, I have this, I had this wave of, of, uh, I feel so cheesy whenever I get like this, but it's like the, this wave of gratitude for like all the people that listen to this podcast. And I'm like, I wish I could just meet every single one of you that are listening to this because I could just bake a cake and uh, rainbow exactly. <laughs> and we could all eat it and be happy. <laughs> we could all eat it and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoever, whoever's out there listening to us, we applaud you for still hanging in there with us. <laughs> And if you're a new person, you can hang in there with us too. You really <laughs> can. So you can find Sandy's book again on Amazon. It's Fempowerment. Empowerment with an F. Is that the easiest way to describe it? <laughs> yeah, it's Fempowerment. It just means uh, being empowered by your feminine side. Yes. So it's called Fempowerment, a guide to unleashing your inner bond girl. There's also the Fempowerment playbook. And then my book for high schoolers on uh, passive income is called Passive Income 101, A Guide to Paying for College Without Losing Your Soul. Okay, say that again. Passive Income 101, A Guide to Paying for College Without sa- Selling Your Soul. What is and it? it's written for high school gr- high school girls and guys. That is so great. I was going to say. How about like, just Passive Income 101, A Guide for to all of us. Being an Adult Without <laughs> Selling Your Soul? Yeah. <laughs> a Guide well, to Affording Adulthood. <laughs> If you can get that passive income going, it's all there for you. Oh, well, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, send us pictures of your food and deliciousness. Because it's <laughs> always, that's, that's always, it's, yeah, and what you're thankful for. But that's all you see on Thanksgiving anyway, is like all pictures. The whole Instagram feed is going to be all Thanksgiving food. Thanksgiving plate. That's yeah. what we have but, to look forward to. And if yeah. I wanted to be hashtag Thanksgiving fails, that's that's oh. what I want to see. Please God, because I'm going to be hashtagging that. I'm sure it's going I to just, be like turkey off the trigger. You're going to have like the Clark Griswold turkey. Yeah, it just deflates. I want someone <laughs> to just kind of like turkey. interrupt the feed with John Hay sweater vest. <laughs> that's right. So Claire, get on that. Yeah, please send us your like family holiday outfits. Somebody sent me, I think it was Crystal today, a, a meme that was like, hey, everyone have their their Thanksgiving outfits ready for the living room. <laughs> like, this is so true. Why are all the fashion bloggers posting like, what to wear to your Thanksgiving dinner? And it's like, so you can sit at like the card table in your family's dining, you know, living room. <laughs> so that'd be, that'd be hashtag expandable pants. And then John, John Hay can be hashtag celestial um, sweater. Vest. Oh <laughs> Literally, God. everyone listening, if you don't own maternity jeans, go just buy them for holiday meals. There you go. Because they're just, somebody needs to rebrand maternity jeans to just be like holiday pants. Mm-hmm. Or beta or beta brand uh, travel pants because they yeah, are so expandable pretty. and lovely. But they're jeans still. So, you know, it's like party. It's like business on the bottom, party on the top. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I just created my whole own marketing campaign for this product. No one steal it. Can you, you call go. it the mullet pant? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, no, that's a whole different product. Thanksgiving pants. No, the mullet pant is chaps. <laughs> Very different. Is that really what they're called? 
No. Oh, but like, no. think about it. Ass's champ. Ass's <laughs> champ. This is in the front party in the back. Enough. Enough. All right, that's the name of this episode. No, no, no. Assless chaps. Okay. <laughs> but I have to. Oh my god. I have, to, I have. Can I end with a really funny dog joke that I saw that Jess sent us today? I thought it was so funny, Sandy. You'll appreciate this. I laughed so hard. So there's an Instagram account called <laughs> Dog Feelings, and it says every time I get brushed, I have to take my collar off. The human always laughs and says that I'm naked, but jokes on them. I'm very confident in my body. I thought that was so funny. I laughed so hard. Nothing makes me laugh more than like people acting like their dogs talking or dog accounts or Instagrams or um by the way, for people who don't follow Sandy on Instagram, you have you have a one-eyed pit bull. <laughs> who wears a lot of stuff and everything. Yes, waiting for you. All right, happy Thanksgiving everybody. Sandy, thank you for joining us. We love you so much. Bye. Bye.